1: C. diff spores and more is brought to you by Clorox Healthcare, trusted solutions for your infection prevention needs. Visit us on the web at cloroxhealthcare.com. Welcome to C. diff spores and more with your host, Nancy Kerala. We are here to discuss C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and other related healthcare topics. Now, here's your host, Nancy
2: Kerala. Welcome and thank you for joining us today on C. diff spores and more a global broadcasting network. We would like to thank our sponsor, Clorox Healthcare, for making this program possible Visit the Clorox Healthcare website to learn more about their products, keeping environments safer, cloroxhealthcare.com forward slash C. radio. Today we welcome our guest, Dr. Joseph Slyman, S- Synthetic Biologics, Senior Vice President, Clinical and Regulatory Affairs, and Dr. Mark Pimentel, Director of the GI Motility Program and Laboratory at Cedars-Sinai. They're here to discuss synthetic biologics, protecting the gut microbiome, and maintaining human health. At this time, I would like to welcome our first guest, Dr. Joseph Simon, to our program. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Simon.
3: Oh, Thanks for having me again, Nancy. I appreciate your inviting me back.
2: It's always a pleasure, and we're so grateful to have you here today. And Dr. Simon, we're going to start off by asking you if you wouldn't mind explaining to our viewers and actually to our global listeners who may not be familiar, can you describe what the microbiome is and why why is it so important to human health?
3: Sure. So let's uh, start with... uh something that may blow your mind and may blow everybody's mind if they haven't heard this before, but the microbiome is all the living cells that live on and in your body, all the microorganisms that make up your body that aren't actually human, right? So your microbiome, think of it this way. Of all the cells in and all of the DNA in your body and on your body that makes up you, about 90% of it, 90% of your mass, 90% of your DNA, is not human. It's actually microorganisms. Blow your mind, right? So we are actually not just this shell, this body that we carry around in our minds and everything else. We're made up of all this... Community of different microorganisms that all work together to ensure that we stay healthy, function, grow, and live as best we can. Your microbiome helps to regulate metabolic factors, hormone production, neurotransmitters, your own physical, immediate physical environment, and it assists your body in its routine functions and helps maintain what we call homeostasis, steady state, for, you know, optimal human living environment. Uh, It really is not just us per se, but all of us.
2: That's amazing. And thank you so much for explaining the microbiome and why it's so important to our health. And given the emphasis being placed on studying the human microbiome, can you talk about microbiome-focused initiatives as they pertain to both industry and government today?
3: Oh, sure. So obviously, since this is a relatively new understanding that we have, that we're not just us, we're everything that makes up us, not just human cells, but things that go along with us. Uh, There's multiple government and academic initiatives out there designed to explore exactly what we're made of. Um, The truth of it is that we don't have that great of a handle yet on everything that makes us us. So, for example, the White House itself has launched its own initiative, um, which is designed to work both cross-agency as well as between the different agencies that are part of the executive branch of the government, as well as academic centers and quasi-academic hospital centers and uh, cooperatives to both identify and to characterize the functions of all these different microorganisms that make up the human body. Uh, There's, again, academic partnerships with industry, uh, and these include things like identification, sequencing of genetics, uh, studies of depletion as they uh, pertain to different disease states, uh, all sorts of things that go into trying to identify and characterize um, what makes up our microbiome.
2: There is a lot of information, and thank you so much, Dr. Slyman. We often talk about the role antibiotics play in the development of initial and recurrent C. diff. What are some other implications, the overuse and misuse of antibiotics, that may have on the gut microbiome and overall health? Uh, well, that's a,
3: a really good uh, question here because one of the things we can't ever forget is that antibiotics are one of the most important advances uh we've ever made in the history of human science uh you know the ability to effectively treat and in some cases prevent uh disease states infections uh and the illnesses that follow on is a huge advancement uh in human health unfortunately the as you put it uh, the implications of either overuse or intentional or unintentional misuse of antibiotics uh can have all kinds of different uh, deleterious health effects on us, including the dysregulation of our metabolism, so resulting in things like obesity or other mo- metabolic disorders, uh, dysregulation of neurotransmitters. Uh, you may have heard the topic of the gut-brain axis come into play. It turns out that many of our neurotransmitters and the processes that go into the, the regulation of those neurotransmitters are If not completely mediated, then certainly aided by our own microbiome and disruption of that microbiome then necessarily would result in dysregulation of those neurotransmitters. And of course also the one that is forefront in everybody's mind today, which is the spread of the, of resistance to our antibiotics. Just mentioned of course that antibiotics, one of the most important advances in the history of human health. Well, even if we're talking about only unintentional misuse of antibiotics, you often will see this result in the spread of resistance genes for antibiotics because the genes tend to travel on plasmids uh, and other mechanisms that allow easily easy exchange of DNA between organisms. So overuse of antibiotics equals more selection of resistant organisms, unfortunately.
2: Unfortunately, yes, absolutely. And Dr. Sliman, before we pause for a commercial break, would you be able to mention, um, you you had mentioned the antibiotic resistance. It's a topic that continues to gain gain momentum in the news and media, we know. Um, What steps are currently being taken by industry and government to reduce antibiotic resistance? And what else, in your opinion, can be done to slow it down or potentially prevent it?
3: So, um, you know, steps being taken in the uh, hospital setting of course as well as by uh, by payers and uh HMOs and government policymakers uh to reduce antibiotic resistance would include uh first and foremost um, preventing the spread of infections and of resistant organisms through standard hygiene practices that we well we consider them standard now, um, but good infection control. But aside from that, we're talking about uh, what we call antibiotic stewardship, which and the selective use of antibiotic uh, of appropriate antibiotics, which starts first with identifying the organism uh, that we're talking about that's causing a disease state, and ensuring that we know what its um, sensitivities and resistances are so that we can treat it appropriately the first time around. Um, what we're also seeing as far as efforts go to reduce antibiotic resistance is we're actually seeing the, uh, if not outright elimination of some antibiotics from formularies, then we're seeing severe restrictions on their use, again, to ensure we have good selective use of appropriate antibiotics. And then, of course, uh, there's new microbiome-based approaches that are out there in order to prevent resistance. And I would say that first and foremost out there is the preventive approach that we're taking, which is to prevent the uh, the dysbiosis that results from either overuse or unfortunate collateral damage from the use of antibiotics in the first place.
2: Okay, so the antibiotics actually have a direct impact on the microbiome, correct?
3: Well, yes. I mean, after all, It's not just the uh, targeted organism that is often, uh, you know, eliminated with the use of antibiotics. Oftentimes what we see is collateral damage. All the organisms in the body, on and in the body, that are uh, sensitive to that particular antibiotic can get wiped out as well. And some of those organisms, probably most of them, we want to keep them. We don't want to lose them. We don't want to eliminate them, but they're unfortunately kind of caught in the wash,
2: so to speak. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Sliman. Um, we are going to pause here for a commercial break. When we return, we will continue learning more about synthetic biologics, protecting the gut microbiome, and maintaining human health with our next guest, Dr. Mark Pimentel, director of the GI Motility Program and Laboratory at Cedar Sinai. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after these important messages. <music>
1: The C.D.I.F. Foundation offers global community support sessions. C.D.I.F. can affect anyone at any age at any location in the world. Receive support from topic experts sharing information on nutrition, mental health, C. difficile prevention, treatments, and environmental safety, as well as learn about upcoming events, teleconferences, and support sessions. To register for a session, call the C. diff Foundation at 1-844-4C-DIFF one 367 2343 Or visit us on the web at cdifffoundation.org. Support is just a phone call or mouse click away. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today?
0: Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN.
1: You are listening to C. diff Spores and More. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala.
2: Welcome back to C-Dips, Spores and & More, and we welcome our listeners joining us today. It's a pleasure to introduce Dr. Mark Pimentel, Director of the GI Motility Program and Laboratory at Cedars-Sinai. Welcome to the program, Dr. Pimentel.
4: Thanks, Nancy. Great to be here.
2: Uh, we're so happy you are here, and thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule and uh, joining us today on this program. And doctor, we are going to start out by asking you that it's fair to say that most of our listeners have heard of irritable bowel syndrome, IBS, but may not know much about it. Would you mind taking this time to discuss the various disease states of IBS?
4: Sure. So irritable bowel syndrome, probably most of your listeners have heard of it or certainly know somebody with it, even if the person doesn't admit they have it. It affects about 10 to 15% of the entire U.S. population. We're talking about 45 million people in the United States who suffer from this. So this is one of the most common disorders out there. Um, irritable bowel syndrome, what it does is it gives you the sensations of abdominal pain, doubled over abdominal pain, um, sometimes patients are predominantly diarrhea, sometimes patients are predominantly constipated. So there are various forms of IBS. But the quality of life in these patients is often referred to as worse than even heart disease and other more conventional illnesses like diabetes that we talk more about. But what's really amazing about irritable bowel syndrome is it affects the entire spectrum of ages. You're talking about 10%, 15% of a 20- to 30-year-old population as well as older populations. So it isn't relegated as a disease of aging. It's a disease of everybody.
2: Exactly. And we understand it's very debilitating. And thank you so much for explaining that to our listeners today. Dr. Pimentel, can you talk about the relationship between the gut microbiome and IBS?
4: So this is my um, area of interest for at least the last 15 to 20 years. I've been Uh, studying irritable bowel syndrome, trying to make the connections and I think what we knew about IBS prior to this time of the microbiome that you've already been talking about on your show is that the the microbiome has allowed a revolution of understanding of different illnesses. Before this, IBS was thought of as a stress-related condition. When you're stressed, you have diarrhea or it's changing your bowel function. We now know that's probably not true in most cases. So some of the work that we started about 15 to 20 years ago was studying why these patients have so much bloating as a cause of their pain. And bloating is caused by all the gas being produced by the bacteria in the gut. Uh, and so this connection between the microbiome and IBS was first described in about 2001 where we showed that there are just too many bacteria in the gut. And over the course of the last 15 years, we've been able to determine the sequence of events that this all takes place. But suffice to say that if you have a certain type of microbiome and it's built up and it's overabundant, you get a lot of bloating, gas, and diarrhea. But if you have another type of microbiome, again, accumulated too much of these bacteria, but that they produce methane and these methane-producing bugs... You get constipated. The methane gas itself from the bugs are changing the human function so that you can't have bowel movements and the buildup of gas and pain and and, uh, all of the symptoms that go along with the constipation form of IBS.
2: Okay. And Dr. Pimentel, your research on IBSC, which is the irritable bowel syndrome constipation, has focused on the presence of methane in the gastrointestinal tract. Can you elaborate on that?
4: Yeah, so I was just scratching the surface of that just a moment ago, and and sort of to take it further, these bugs that produce methane we call them methanogens because they produce methane. They're older than bacteria even, and they, we don't call them bacteria; we call them archaea because they're ancient, like archaeology, and and they habit inhabit. inhabit the intestine in small quantities, but when they become overabundant, they produce this methane gas. The methane slows the gut by up to 60 to 70%, so you will have 60 to 70% less bowel movements, less function as a result of the accumulation of this very ancient bug that's living in our intestinal tract. And we made the connection that this bug is extremely important in patients with IBSC, irritable bowel syndrome with constipation. The more these bugs were in the gut, the more methane was produced. The more methane was produced, the more constipated the patient is. So it's proportional. So the more these bugs are, the sicker the patients were and uh, the more affected they were. And, and so this really showed uh, what was ideally a cause and effect. I'll expand one further thing is that when we treated the patients and this is just some preliminary data on a double blind study we published a couple of years ago when we got rid of these methane bugs with with antibiotics the uh, the constipation melted away and and so it opened the opportunity for us to think about how could we get the methane down and make the patients better and, and without using the antibiotics because the antibiotics did work, but they only were very short and and short duration for the constipation side.
2: Wonderful. And Dr. Pimentel, um, what is the current treatment paradigm for patients who suffer from irritable bowel syndrome, constipation, IBS, dhc and how do these therapies fall short in treating this disease?
4: Well, there are, uh, a number of FDA-approved therapies for IBS with constipation, um, and they work effectively in terms of producing bowel movements, and hence their approval by the FDA. I think what we're moving towards in terms of all the research that's going on in the microbiome, and in particular this research on the methane, is that what we're starting to understand is that if you use conventional therapies, which are essentially causing people to have more bowel movements, making the gut pushing the gut to move more or to creating a liquefaction of the bowel, what they do is they end up giving you loose bowel movements or not necessarily making your stool normal and formed and bringing you back to normal. What we think is, is the best approach is to bring you back to normal by correcting the problem that's causing the, the constipation to begin with. So what we'd like to see the future look like is treat the root cause of the constipation in these irritable bowel syndrome patients. And we think one of the roots is this uh, methane production. In fact, we think that probably 70 to 80% of these constipation IBS patients, the methane organisms could be the root cause. And if we could manipulate that or, or remedy that, the patients would be better and they would become back to their normal state rather than be causing loose bowel movements with laxatives.
2: Exactly. And Dr. Pimentel, I'm sure a lot of our global listeners right now are smiling and cheering you on. So that's all good news because I know they are miserable, as you had mentioned earlier. Um, at this time, would you be able to discuss the SYN010 synthetic biologics and the, its unique role as a potential therapeutic for treating IBSC?
4: Well, we're very excited about this product because for the first time, we're uh, looking at a product that is not an antibiotic. What it does is it's a, I call it a drug for the bug. And um, we often treat human diseases by manipulating human cells, human processes. But this mechanism is that SYN-010, what it does is it gets into the methane-producing bugs and stops them from producing methane. And by doing that, we by reducing the methane, I've already mentioned that the more methane you have, the more constipated and symptomatic you have. If we can make the methane less, the symptoms disappear. And so for the first time, we have data from a phase two study that shows that if you get progressively higher doses of this product, and over time, your methane begins to disappear as this product takes hold of these bugs and changes their function. So by keeping it in the gut... It doesn't get into humans uh, readily. The side effects would be minimal. And uh, the effect really is a drug for the bug in making the constipation patients uh, better. And so I'm very optimistic as we move forward with this product to the next level and maybe uh, we can anticipate in the next couple of years an approval of a therapy for a root cause of IBS with constipation.
2: That would be so wonderful. And Dr. Pimentel, we can't thank you enough for joining us today and sharing all of this important information with our global listeners. Thank you for being here.
4: It's my pleasure.
2: Well, we look forward to having you back next year with updates, and right now we're going to pause for a commercial break, and when we return, we will continue learning more about synthetic biologics, protecting the gut microbiome and maintaining human health, with Dr. Joseph Slyman, Synthetic Biologics, Senior Vice President, Clinical and Regulatory Affairs. Stay tuned. we'll be right back after these important messages. <music>
1: Join us on September 20th in Atlanta, Georgia, for the fourth annual International Raising C. diff Awareness Conference and Health Expo. Visit the C. diff Foundation website at cdifffoundation.org for event details or contact the C. diff Foundation at 919-201-1512 for additional information. Again, the website is cdifffoundation.org. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? Washed your hands? Handwashing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing, Number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand-washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7.
2: Welcome back to CDip Spores and more a Global Broadcasting Network. And we welcome our listeners joining us today. It's a pleasure to reintroduce to you Dr. Joseph Slyman, Synthetic Biologics Senior Vice President, Clinical and Regulatory Affairs, here to discuss synthetic biologics, protecting the gut microbiome and maintaining human health. Welcome back to the program, Dr. Slyman. Thanks, Nancy. You're welcome. And thanks so much for being here today. And doctor, we opened the show with a discussion on how antibiotics unintentionally disrupt the natural balance of the gut microbiome, which can lead to serious adverse effects to human health. Can you talk more about the SYN-004 and how it is designed to protect protect the gut microbiome from antibiotic disruption and CDI and the associated uh, uh, diarrhea and antibiotic resistant organisms?
3: Uh, sure, I sure can. So uh, let me just uh, start off by telling you what SYN004 is, and it is uh, an enzyme, a beta-lactamase specifically, that breaks down beta-lactam antibiotics. Now, beta-lactam antibiotics uh, are the most common class of antibiotics that are used, and they consist of things like penicillin, anything that ends in "cillin" really, uh, amoxicillin and so forth, uh, and also, all of your cephalosporins, so everything from uh, cephalexin, which is Keflex, all the way up to uh, rocephin or uh, um, ceftriaxone, uh, you know, as your third and fourth generation and beyond uh, high-powered IV antibiotics in the hospital. So, what CIN004 does is it's an oral pill. It's an enzyme that's formulated in a capsule, and it prevents the unintended consequences from those antibiotics. So it's intended to be used in the hospital or in uh, long care centers uh, for uh, concurrent use with IV beta-lactam antibiotics. And what it does is every time you would get an IV dose of, say, ceftriaxone or something along those lines, you would also get an oral dose of CIN004. So normally what happens is those antibiotics they go directly into your bloodstream, they circulate, they go find the bad you know, bacteria that they're supposed to target, right, your infection, whether that's in your lung or wherever, and it does its job, and then the body gets rid of it. It excretes it, uh, you know, from the blood, pulls it out, it's actually pulled out of the blood by the liver, and the liver then, via the bile, secretes it into the gut to be eliminated, uh, out the back end by the body. Well, unfortunately, For the gut microbiome, the ceftriaxone in this case, uh, but the antibiotic is largely still intact and it's still active when it enters the gut. And so what it does is it doesn't only do the job it's designed to do in the bloodstream, but it also inadvertently or unintentionally wipes out all the sensitive organisms in your gut. And the result is several things. Dysbiosis, meaning depletion of your normal gut microbiome, which leads to a couple of bad things like diarrhea, uh, as well as uh, emergence of resistant organisms, which includes C. difficile. Um, so what Syn004 does is that the pill, it's designed to release the enzyme over time through the intestine, and it's basically the enzyme sitting there waiting in your gut until the uh, it's basically waiting for that antibiotic to be excreted from the bloodstream into your gut. When the antibiotic meets the enzyme in the gut, it breaks the antibiotic. It actually breaks the active component of the antibiotic and inactivates it, and it renders the antibiotic unable to take out any of your sensitive organisms in your gut, and therefore it prevents the dysbiosis and the resultant diarrhea, and also the, re- the resultant emergence of uh, the resistant organisms. At least that's what it's intended to do, and that's what it's designed to do. Um, remember that diarrhea, as a result of taking antibiotics, is largely a result of dysbiosis, the uh, scrambling, so to speak, or the wiping out of sensitive organisms that are supposed to be there in your gut and leading to an overgrowth of resistant organisms and a and a foul-up, basically, of the environment in your gut, which leads to diarrhea. And again, it also leads to selective pressure to select resistant organisms. If you can keep your normal gut flora, in theory, you should be able to prevent the emergence of resistance and then prevent the emergence of diarrhea. And that's the intended effect of cin 4 to break up the antibiotic in the gut, after it's already done its job in the blood, uh, without impacting the circulating levels of antibiotic in the blood, of course, to stay in the gut, wipe out the antibiotic in the gut, prevent dysbiosis, prevent diarrhea, prevent the emergence of resistant organisms.
2: Uh, and we appreciate all the prevention and this is amazing and we are so excited to learn more about the SYN-004 and the C. diff prevention with the microbiome, the gut microbiome prevention and thank you so much for um, taking the time and, and explaining step-by-step how the SYN-004 is working. And, Dr. Simon, what clinical updates has the company made with Sino04 since your your last visit on here, uh, March of 2015, and what future milestones can we look forward to?
3: So, uh, first of all, I can't believe it's been that long since I've talked to you, but in the time that it's been since we've last spoke, we've actually run several studies. We've run uh, safety studies as well as tolerability studies on dosing. So we've looked at uh, multiple, single and multiple ascending dose studies, so to ensure that we can give lots and lots of this uh, enzyme without any toxic effects. Uh, We've also looked at mechanism studies where we have dosed patients um, and with both antibiotic and with and without our enzyme to confirm our mechanism, which was that the antibiotic blood levels are normal, they don't change even if you give our drug uh, our enzyme with it uh, but they the enzyme does prevent the uh, emergence of the antibiotic in the gut and therefore should prevent the emergence of diarrhea or the emergence of resistant organisms, et cetera as a result. Um, we are currently running what's called a proof of concept study a phase two b uh, in hospitalized patients, uh, these are patients who are at higher risk for development of C. difficile diarrhea, patients who are admitted for pneumonia or other lower respiratory tract infections who are getting uh, IV ceftriaxone in the hospital. We're randomizing them uh, to two groups. One group will get uh, ceftriaxone with placebo. The other group gets ceftriaxone with syn 4 and uh, we're, at the end of the study, we'll be looking at the difference between groups uh, in the rate of the incidence of both antibiotic-associated diarrhea, as well as C. difficile infection uh, from the treatment group to the placebo group. And we'll also be looking at the uh, differences in the rate of dysbiosis in the gut, as well as the differences in the rates of the emergence of resistant organisms. Uh, we actually hope to be able to start looking at that data later this year.
2: Amazing. And Dr., switching gears to SYN-010, Dr. Pimentel provided a brief overview of this clinical program. Can you discuss recent clinical results from the completion of two phase two clinical trials earlier this year? Uh,
3: I I can give you a a brief overview. Uh, We actually looked uh, at uh, several different uh, endpoints in those studies uh, to reduce both breath methane in IBS C patients, as well as to improve um, what are considered the FDA endpoints for um, improvement in complete spontaneous bowel movements and in IBS symptoms, so abdominal pain and bloating. And in both studies, uh, both phase two clinical studies, we saw both a reduction in breath methane in the treatment group that patients treated with SYN 010 compared to placebo, and we saw Improvements in patient symptoms, so improvements in bowel movements as well as improvements in pain and blo- abdominal pain and bloating uh, in the treatment group compared to placebo.
2: Okay. And, Doctor, what future milestones are planned for the continued development of SYN 010?
3: So, we have a meeting with the FDA uh, later on this summer where we'll be presenting. Uh, our data from both those phase two studies to them uh, and discussing that data uh, as well as uh, requesting a review of our plan for moving on for uh, later future development. We're hoping that they will give us, uh, well, that we will be able to discuss uh, negotiating a uh, phase three registration trials uh, with them and be given permission to move forward. Uh, on those registration trials uh, later this year.
2: Okay, and Dr. Sliman, we thank you so much for sharing this important information with our global listeners. We're going to pause now for a brief commercial break. When we return, we will continue our discussion with Dr. Joseph Sliman on the topic of synthetic biologics, protecting the gut microbiome, and maintaining human health. Stay tuned, we'll be right back after these brief commercials. Thank you.
0: Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN.
1: To help support the CDF Foundation, please visit our website, cdifffoundation.org forward slash donate or call toll free one 844 4 c That's 1-844-367-2343. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? Washed your hands? Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing, Number one in infection prevention.
2: Welcome back to C Sports A more Global Broadcasting Network. We welcome our listeners joining us today. It's a pleasure to reintroduce Dr. Joseph Slyman, Synthetic Biologics, Senior Vice President, Clinical and Regulatory Affairs, here to discuss synthetic biologics protecting the gut microbiome and maintaining human health. Welcome back to the program, Dr. Slyman. Thanks, Nancy. You're welcome, and thank you so much for being here with us today. And Dr. Sliman, in summary, what are the key points for our listeners from our discussion today about the microbiome and human health?
3: So if you ask me, and I know you are, the key takeaways for the listeners today is to consider that human health is more than just a function of our actual physical bodies, right? It is a function of the environment in which we live And that environment is largely impacted, if not governed, by the microbiome, and that is, again, the community of organisms that are part of our bodies. They live on us, and they live in us, and they help to regulate our function and to help maintain our health. And there is a lot we know about these organisms and about this community, but there's also a lot we don't know, and there are... Um, just an unbelievable volume of effort out there, looking at characterization of the of the human microbiome and uh, how the human microbiome impacts human health and what we can do to leverage that microbiome to improve our health, maintain our health, prevent disease states, etc. There is a lot out there to learn, a lot out there to find out, and a lot out there that we can still do in medicine.
2: Exactly. There really is. And we thank you so much for sharing that. And Dr. Sliman, what can our listeners do to ensure their microbiomes remain as healthy as possible?
3: <laughs> well, I, I can sit here as a preventionist and I can go through all the litany of things that the U.S. Preventive Services Task Force recommends, but that would take hours upon hours. And I won't do that um, other than to give the usual cliched response about you know, healthy eating and exercise and so forth and so on. Um, I would recommend, though, that your listeners go into our website where we have plenty of information about the human microbiome, uh, its impact on human health, the various disease states that have been connected in some way or another um, to the human microbiome and its functioning, and to learn all they can about not just about C. diff in particular, although that is certainly on the forefront of what we're studying right now, but about all these different disease states that they may or may not be affected by or they may or may not have a family member or friend affected by, but find out more. Find the different portals and the different ways to tunnel in to find that information and learn more about how the human microbiome, everybody's individual human microbiome, is impacted by the things we do, the things we eat, the, people we, the places we live and the people we know, and what they can do to improve their individual health.
2: Exactly. And, Dr. Sliman, where can our listeners get more information? Um, would you mind providing them the website for Synthetic Biologics?
3: Uh, it's quite simple. It's syntheticbiologics.com.
2: That's S Y N T H E T I C
3: B I O. L O G I C S, all one word. dot com, biologics dot com.
2: Wonderful, and there—that's where they'll be able to find microbiome-focused clinical programs. Also, correct?
3: Oh, they'll be able to find our our particular microbiome-focused programs for sure.
2: Exactly. Well, Dr. Slyman, we thank you and Dr. Pimentel so much for joining us today and discussing synthetic biologics protecting the gut microbiome and maintaining human health.
3: Uh, it's been my pleasure, Nancy, and I, as long as you'll have me back, I'll come back anytime.
2: Well, thank you. We really do. We look forward to having you back next year and with more updates for our global listeners. And before we close our program today, on behalf of the members of the C. Diff Foundation, we would like to take this time to extend our gratitude to Clorox Healthcare, Service Therapeutics, Rebiotics, Summit Therapeutics, and Tomi Environmental Solutions, Steramist for being platinum sponsors of the 4th Annual International Raising C. Diff Awareness Conference and Health Expo taking place on September 20th in Atlanta, Georgia. We would also like to express our gratitude in all of the corporate sponsors and exhibitors who are participating at this year's 4th Annual International National Raising C. diff Awareness Conference and Health Expo. We look forward to meeting everyone on September 20th in Atlanta. Please visit the C. diff Foundation's website at cdifffoundation.org for the 2016 conference page. Join us every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific time, 1 p.m. Eastern time, as we discuss up-to-date information with topic experts and company professionals whose focus is on C. difficile infection prevention, treatments, and environmental safety products, and much more. Once again, we thank our f- official sponsor, Clorox Healthcare, for making this program possible. Visit their website, cloroxhealthcare.com forward slash C. radio. We send out get well wishes to all the patients being treated and recovering from a C. difficile infection, and all wellness-draining illnesses across the globe. I'm your host, Nancy Corrala, and until next week, none of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together. Thank you so much again for joining us this week, and we wish you good health and a good day.
1: Thank you for tuning in this week for C. diff, spores, and more. Be sure to join your host, Nancy Kerala again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of our program on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. None of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together. C. diff spores and more is brought to you by Clorox Healthcare, trusted solutions for your infection prevention needs. Visit us on the web at cloroxhealthcare.com.